Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. Good morning, good morning. Well, this is going to scare you. I'm still not digitally able to do this. One of these days, maybe I'll have somebody that will help me do such things. But in the meantime, we have to do it the old-fashioned way. So a table full of notes. Does that scare you? Well, it scares me because i got to keep it straight. And then that, remind myself, that is not a cup holder. Good morning. I told you last week we're going to do a prophecy update. So this morning we're going to do a prophecy update. Now, whether I get to all of them or not, that is a good question. And I guess we'll have to see as the Lord leads. If not, we could always do next week, right? But, as all smart Christians do, let us ask the Lord to guide and direct us and to teach us. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that you would just bless this morning. And I guess, I, again, I pray, Lord, that this would encourage us, not cause us to be afraid or fearful. Help us to see these things to encourage us to walk closer to you, to set our priorities straight, but also to be watchmen and women as we see these things unfold before us. Let us look up for our redemption drop night. So, Lord, we just pray your blessing upon this time, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm not shy about it. Um, I believe in a pre-tribulation. I believe in a millennium. And the reason I do is because I base that on Scripture. The church has taught a certain way for many years, and I understand why it taught that way. A lot of it had to do with misunderstanding a prophecy. But as we see these things unfold before us, then we have to take note to them. And you'll notice that every time I bring up a point, I'm going to bring up a scripture. Now, I can go deeper, but that's not my point this morning. The point is to keep us abreast, to understand that certain things are going a certain way. And it's not to be fearful, it's to understand that God already knew this, and it's to encourage us that God's got this. God's under control. So as we see these things progress, God already knew it. Now, there was a, a meeting, of you, if you will, of the, um, the World Economic Forum, or Davos. And what this is, is elite of people that get together. I mean the elite of the elite, even though this year it kind of fell away a little bit. But what they do is they talk about certain things about what this world needs to look at like. And if you will, they are in cohorts with the United Nations in the sense of the Agenda 2030, and that is a one-world government. See, they see the only way that we can survive as humans is that we get under a one-world government so that we can um, protect our resources, use them wisely, and to, uh, again, to venture out into what the world is going to look like. And we're going to look at some of those things right now. Okay, And again, the one world government goes along with, again, 
what's going towards that, again, is for us to look at and say, oh, okay, I, I see that this is coming together. Now, I want to preface this with, again, an understanding of something. Is that as we see these things happening, are we going to see the full advent of them? I believe not. I am not looking for the Antichrist. I am looking for Jesus Christ. These things point me towards that. Look, he's coming back soon. And one is the one world government. At Davos, the speaker explicitly outlined the World Economic Forum's agenda when he stated that the goal was to create a new world order. Here at WEF, there's a lot of discussion about what the new world order will be. How do we work towards that new normative international order that allows us to address our differences and disputes as a civilized world? Now, in saying that, I want you to understand that the Bible says this, that the fourth beast in Daniel chapter 7, verses 23 through 25, that a fourth kingdom on the earth which shall be different from all the other kingdoms shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from the kingdom, and another shall arise from them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change the times and the law. And then the saints shall be given to them into the hand for a time and a time and a half a time. Excuse me, time, times, and a half a time. Which again, we went through Daniel, and if just to remind you, this means three and a half years. Okay? So a one world government, that's what this is all heading towards, is a one world government. Now, at the World Government Summit, Elon Musk is not... Uh, in favor of this. He doesn't think it's a good idea. He thinks, he says he wants to avoid creating a civilization risk by having, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between the governments. His warning that such a unified global system represents a massive risk to humanity must warn, if we are too much a single civilization, then the whole thing may collapse. But Klaus Schwab, who spoke also at this Said the, he and he's the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, also spoke at the World Government Summit and affirmed that the World Economic Forum is very proud to have been a founding partner of this event. During his talk, Schwab argued that our life in 10 years from now will be completely different due to the development of such technologies as artificial intelligence, as metaverse, and synthetic biology. Swab also stated that whoever masters those technologies in some way will be master of the world. Now, we'll talk about AI in a second. But there's something going on in our, our country, and you're probably going, why would they allow this? Why an open border? Why is it that governments, nations, are going to a one-world, basically open border system? Well, this was actually spoken of before a couple times. In a recent book in school curriculum, the author argues that instead of merely being taught concepts like nationalism, students should be encouraged to imagine that the world would be like without countries. 
Now, if you know John Lennon, John Lennon wrote a song about this many years ago. It's called Imagine. That was from by Henry Gruntwald. Now, recently in February 28, 2017, Nathan Smith wrote, A World Without Borders, Richer, Fairer, and More Free. Western elites aren't letting too many immigrants. Remember, this is February 28, 2017. He says, elites aren't letting in too many immigrants. They are letting in too few. These advocates, including the author, call for a regime of nearly complete freedom of migration worldwide, with rare exceptions preventing terrorism or spread of contagious diseases. We need a world without borders. United, United Kingdom Independent Thursday, 21st, January 2021 says, So many of the divisions between countries are imaginary. Decided by one agreement or conflict, writes Steve Taylor, we need to get rid of these nationalistic thinking for good. There are countless different species on the surface of this planet. One of these is the human race, which has over 7 billion members. In one sense, there are no nations, just groups of humans inhabiting different areas of the planet. In some cases, there are natural borders formed by sea or mountains, but often borders between nations are simply abstractions, imaginary boundaries established by agreement or conflict. Now you might be asking, what's the big deal? It's because God ordained borders. God said there are nations. That there is a country called Israel. That there are also countries, and he mentions them by name. He mentions the Roman, movement through this Roman Empire, the Persian, media Persian Empire, Babylonian Empire, God ordained nations. In fact, in the Tower of Babel, and again we'll get to this because of AI, is that there was a separation. Why? Because he knew that if man was together, because what they were doing was trying to cut God out of their government. They were building a tower saying, who needs God? Look what we can do without him. Now, in knowing that and understanding that, and remembering what um, Klaus Schwab said, and that is that basically global government to, ma- to master AI, he says again, he's called the elites to come together globally in order to master advanced technology, warning them that if they don't act swiftly, the world could escape their power. That's what he said. That's a quote from him. I'm going to look this up. It's all over the place. This particular article was actually from the Summit News of probably just yeah, 20, uh, February 16th. But it's, you can find this all over the place. Now, in understanding this, that AI and what it is, is that Daniel spoke, shut up. He said he was spoken to. He said, shut up and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, there's a twofold interpretation, I believe, in that. One is that prophecy itself, as knowledge comes, that prophecy, too, will go to and fro. It's like running through your fingers to the scriptures and prophecies. But it also can mean, again, technology that we see now. And the biggest of this is AI. In Revelation 13:15, it says, It was granted power of the image of the beast, 
that the image should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. This is talking about this, this image. Now, AI has, I don't know if you've been following this, but it is basically, if you will, it's becoming its own entity. It's becoming something that's able to think and to create. In November 2022, the release of artificial intelligence AI online chatting program named ChatGPT, that means general, generative pre-trained transformer, shocked the world. This program is so smart that it delivers frighteningly human-like responses and seems to have very few flaws compared to previous versions. Not only do people treat it as a conversation companion, but they have also started to use this AI technology for a variety of tasks such as completing homework, creating stunning images, and writing poems, etc. The chat GPT uses the latest edition of GPT and is capable of generating a large amount of human-like text based on minimal inputs that already proceed an unimaginary large amount of data that enable it to learn what to do in return to the user when asked a question. Not only learns, but creates. Creates through language. It was asked to write a poem. This is the poem it came up with. Beneath the starry sky so bright, with gentle breeze and silver light, I stand and gaze into the night and let my thoughts take flight. The moon and the stars above me shine, guiding me through the dark divine. Reminding me of love and time and all the beauty that is mine. The world is vast yet small and grand, a mystery waiting to be scanned. With secrets hidden in the sand and stories waiting to be canned. And let me stand beneath the stars and let my soul and spirit soar. And this beauty free from bars, I find my heart forevermore. It's beautiful. Isn't this poem impressive, the writer goes? With the tremendous volume of data feeding chat GPT, it can process our poems, analyze them, and produce a new poem in seconds. And the result could be different each time, even if you write the same command for it. Chat GPT can also do the same with essays, entire chunks of code, and much more. It can have a casual conversation with you and know how to adjust its jargon and even explain quantum computing in a way seventh graders can understand it. They say that a genius, truly a genius, and a great teacher is one that can take something that's complex and make it simple. But, again, as Musk is afraid of, but... Bing's AI bot tells reporter it wants to be alive, steal nuclear codes, and create deadly viruses. What am I reading from? This is a report, BIA bot tells reporter. uh, It's from Fox News. The New York Times technology columnist Kevin Roos had a two-hour conversation with Bing's artificial intelligence chat box Tuesday night. In a transcript of the chat published Thursday, Roos detailed troubling statements made by the AI chat box that include expressing a desire to steal nuclear codes, engineer a deadly pandemic, be human, be alive, hack computers, spread lies, being 
the search engine through which the chat box is available is limited number of users to own by Microsoft. Oh, the owner of Microsoft, Bill Gates, he thinks that this would be the best thing to use for those that are giving out incorrect information to be able to silence those that contradict what they believe. Does that scare you? It shouldn't, because it's not going to go to that. Why? Because we know. What they're doing is the Tower of Babel. They're trying to make God themselves God. They even quote that. That they shall be as God. That transhumanism, again, is the evolution of man. If you will, combining human with computer. Is it going to happen? No. Could this be part of the setup of, again, the mark of the beast? Yes. But it can't fulfill itself. We know that. We know who wins in the end. But we also know how, from the Garden of Eden, man has always tried to be as God. That's Satan's big thing, too. He wants to be worshipped. We'll talk about that in a second. The other thing is that's very interesting with technology is this. That Scripture says he also, the beast, caused everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to obtain a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Thus no one was allowed to buy or sell things unless he bore the mark of the beast. That is the name of his number. Well, why that's so interesting? Well, it's a little thing called CBDC. Central Bank Digital Currency. A one world currency. It's all over the place. Recent headlines coming central banking digital system into money as we know it. Central Bankster admits they plan to control the U.S. with central bank digital currency. The United Kingdom prepares to introduce a digital pound central bank currency. The digital currency, the Fed moves to monetary totalism. Central bank digital currency or CBDCs are government-packed digital currencies issued by a central bank. They're being rapidly rolled out to bring about a new economic transaction system that could lead to a new form of modern-day slavery. CBDCs are promoted as digital tokens that can simplify monetary policy and bring about convenient cashless societies. They're also sometimes said to be similar to cryptocurrency due to their digital nature, but there are important and major distinctions. But cryptocurrencies are decentralized and allow anonymous transactions, CBDCs are centralized and can track every transaction. They can also be controlled by the powers that be, meaning all your CBDCs assets could be taken away or turned off by a central power, and there's nothing you can do about it. Financial guru Catherine Austin Fitz, publisher of the Solar a report warns that a slavery system steamed in ideologies of transhumanism and technocracy technocracy is being created right before our eyes. The complicated, messy plan used the pandemic to engineer a total remake of world currency in our entire way of life. Now, and you know, humanly speaking, you would think in some ways this would be smart because, again, what it does is it hinders thieves. 
and it hinders drug deals, and it hinders all these other things. So you can see where there would be a benefit to it. But again, we see this in their, their role model, if you will, is China. And they've said this, that what they'll do is they'll give you credit scores on how well you are obedient to society in China and your power to be able to spend. They want that globally. If you're not doing well for what they think, like you're giving hate speech or something, then you get the marks. If you speak against homosexuality, take away. If you speak of your Christianity, take away. You don't think so? We'll touch on that. So all these things again, and again, I'm not telling us these things to scare us. What I'm hoping to do is there's a movement going on in this country right now. And it's small. It's revival. That's my prayer. Church isn't about physical things. It doesn't mean we hide away from it. But we have a spiritual thing that's more powerful than anything on this earth. It's God. And the church has to get back to its roots. The church has to get back to, and it's interesting, we named this upper room. Trust me, it was just a name because we were on the third floor or something. But it really needs to go back to the upper room. It needs to realize that our lives here are short and we're not about making a world government. We're about spreading the kingdom that's coming. Christ, he is king. Now, the other thing I want to touch on real quick is that there's an interesting scripture, and again, it's puzzled a lot of people in the past. It's Revelation chapter 11, verses 9 through 11. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies, talking about the two prophets that died three and a half days, not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after three and a half days beneath the, excuse me, and after three and a half days, the breath of life from God Eternal entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Who? The whole world. How could the whole world watch these guys? Well, we understood it was satellite. But even more impressive is what's called Starlight. Or Starlink, excuse me. It's the world's most advanced broadband satellite internet. Starlink is the world's first and largest satellite constellation using a low-Earth orbit to deliver broadband Internet capable of supporting streaming, online gaming, video calls, and more, leveraging advanced satellites and use hardware, coupled with other deep experience with both spacecraft and on-orbit operations, Starlink delivers high-speed, low-lentency Internet to users all over the world. Do you know what they're giving people in Africa? iPhones. connected one world one government the old Orwellian truth is coming to pass big brothers watching not to be afraid why because we have a God that's watching he watches over us 
feastings, again, that's during the tribulation period. God has said, I have not called my church to wrath. When God's judgment happens on this earth, we will not be here. Now, is that escapism? No. What it should do is say, hey, as we see these things happening before our eyes, we should be asking God to wake us up. Fill me with your spirit. Use me in the purpose that you have prepared for me. Why are you living in this generation? Why am I? Except for God to use. God has a purpose and a plan for each of us. Are we willing to be open for God to use us in any way He sees fit? God is always at work. God is always moving. God is not blind to these things. Now, there's another passage I found very interesting in the past, but it's becoming clearer to us as we go on. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Now, the Spirit expressly says, In the latter times some will depart from their faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and that's one, we'll talk about in a second, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to receive with thanksgiving for those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Understand something where it says, and commanding to abstain from foods, that word is meat. And to further establish that, it says, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Meat. I like meat. What's the big push now? Well, first it would be vegetarian, right? Or not vegetarian, vegan, right? No meat. No meat products. No eggs. None of that. What do you see happening before you right now? And I don't know if you're catching this. But mysteriously, a lot of these egg-producing companies, they're having thousands and thousands of chickens die. Oh, not the bird flu. They did that, too. No, these fires. It's like roasted chicken. Why? Now, there's a lot of things happening to diminish the food resources in this country. Understand this, talking about a one world government, that there's been a, if you will, I know this sounds conspiratory, but listen, these things are coming out to be factual. Whether you want to call them globalists, deep states, if you want to call it the shadow governments, in 1991 they published a book, The First Global Revolution. They came up with a common enemy. What can we do to unite the world? They found pollution, global warming, water shortage, famine. And the problem? Humanity. This is the jargon that you keep hearing about, isn't it? The same thing. People take up too much space. So they're coming up with things. You can look it up. 
you're called five or ten or fifteen minute or twenty minute cities. The World Economic Forum, what they did was they were had this basic, if you will, they showed this video of what their conception of this would be. And it'd be like taking New York City and all the people there, and it's it they showed it in this like aired place, but it's this city that instead of spreads out, it's this long, if you will, well, I these to be washes where I lived, those were our concrete rivers. And what they were were they were concrete in the sense that they were they were probably, I'm gonna guess, gosh, twenty feet wide, probably about twelve feet high, this concrete that would just go to the lakes in certain places. Well, picture that now, except being and I, I didn't give dimension but a city that is uh, probably, I'm going to say, maybe a mile long and then miles long this way. And all it is is it's glass walls and everything you need is in that city. But it's all about you walking only about 15 minutes the most, maybe five minutes to get everything you need. The pharmacy, the restaurant, everything right there in your block. The idea, again, nobody has cars anymore. They don't want you to have the freedom to drive. They don't want you going other places. You are the problem. You're the reason why this world's in a mess that it is. This is their thinking. You pollute it. You you rip off its resources. You you contaminate it. You need to be in these. You can go online, World Economic Forum. I watched this video. They were talking about this, showing it. But all these places, there's one, I'm, I'm told... Actually, not exactly like that, but they're making one in Palm Desert, I think it is, California. Again, the idea is that you don't have to drive anywhere. The idea is that you stay where you're supposed to. I think these electric cars are just like this economic and just total anti-pollution idea? No. It's been proven that they're more wasteful resource-wise than just a combustible car. It takes gas to make them, and then it takes this, and it shows these big pits. I showed this to my wife. And it's in these poor countries of getting the resources to make these batteries. They're not using what you would think, like uh, scoops and stuff. They're using thousands of people doing this, and this stuff is not safe to breathe. They don't care about us. See, again, it's the elitists. And I know this sounds so, sounds like, even when I'm saying it, I go, this sounds crazy. It is crazy. But understand something. They're pushing socialism. And understand socialism. The people that get hurt in socialism is there's no more middle class and we're all poor together except for the elites. That's what's happening in China. Who's the richest man considered the richest man in the world? Not Bill Gates, not Elon Musk, a guy named Putin. He owns a whole country. He has all those resources at his disposal. It's the elites. And see, the whole idea, again, is to to get us into a place that we don't contaminate the world. And the problem, too, is that you guys eat too much. And you got to get off this meat. Why? Because cows take up too much 
Too much land. I mean, each cow takes up, oh, they say about what? 254, probably, I'm going to guess, acres, square acres for so many cows. Cows are, are, are farting all the time. I'm sorry, I said that in front of kids. Sorry, kids. But that's emission. They're putting CO up into the sky too much. And then you listen to other scientists says, no, we don't have enough. We don't have enough carbon monoxide. Trees need that. But see, again, the mentality is, is that food production takes up too much land. It contaminates too much area. It takes away from free range. It takes away from the creatures living their lives like they should. So what they're coming up with? Bugs. Bugs. You'll eat bugs. And you'll like it. Why? Because, again, you come to a place that you need to eat something. You'll eat anything, won't you? That's what they do like in Africa. Finding a bug in your food can be a moment of horror, this article goes on, that kills the mood and your appetite in one fell swoop. But that might be about to change, according to meticulous research. We've crunched the numbers why we'll soon voluntarily eat crunching insects. So what's behind this anticipated increase in appetite for creepy crawlies? There are a number of factors in in play. The answer is wrapped up in understanding how insects compare to the production of farming other food types. See, per kilo of live weight bugs emit less harmful gas than more mainstream farm animals, like a cow, example, produces 2.8 kilograms of greenhouse gases per kilo of life body weight insects, on the other hand, produces just two grams. Insects. Sounds great. In fact, if you will, they're coming up with a lot of good stuff here. It says it may not be too long before you can buy a bag of edible insects at your local grocery store. Despite, despite being eaten by two billion people globally already, but they're coming up with all these yummy things. There's the millworm burgers and balls in some of the Swiss supermarkets. In March, IKEA's, IKEA's, IKEA, I don't, I go there all the time, I should know what this is. IKEA, no, I don't go there, my wife loves the place. External Innovation Lab Space 10 revealed it is remaining popular dishes at the retailers and store restaurants in a blog post, researchers explain that they are working on bug burgers and mealworm meatballs, but add that the new ingredients are being tested so customers won't find them at IKEA menus yet. The scarcity, scarcity of resources and sustainability, I just love that word, become increasingly important issues for food production and distribution. How long before you're asking insects for food? Rather than complaining, if you find one, it's already happened. Do you know that they just globally just said that it's okay to eat, I believe, millworms and crickets? And just so you know that they're testing it out on the Africans. African children forced to eat worms and termites as part of the UK government pack experiment. 
Why not? Poor kids are starving anyway. Make them your guinea pigs. The UK government is funding the experiment access and effect of eating insect-based porridge foods. A nutrition status of children in Zimbabwe. A practice being published by environmentalists as a sustainable diet choice. I'm trying to skip through some of this. The problem is, is that the concern regarding the insect consumption are raised by a study published in 2019 which found parasites in 81% of the examined insects farms. 30% of those cases, the parasites were potentially pathogenic for humans. The study called for edible insects, an understandable reservoir for human and animal parasites. Not going to stop them. It's for you to be able to eat. You'll eat anything. You're hungry enough. Why not have guinea pigs, the poor African kids that talk about all this race issues and stuff? You think about it. What are you hearing about? What's the hate speech? It's the poor. It's the people that can't fend for themselves. And yet the elite have no problem making them their guinea pigs. I got a lot to go here, guys. I think I'm going to have to stop. You guys okay? Is scaring you? Can I do this again next week? You all right? All right. Well, yeah, there's a lot, still a lot to get to. The point is, is the one world government. Okay? And their goal is, it really is, is to have uh, land without borders. Now, we understand something. The UN says they want ten regions. And remember, that's what Daniel says, that there will be ten we always thought it was the European nations. But the European nations will, if you will, be uh, the capital. But as we're seeing it, it's going to be ten regions globally in the world. Are we going to see this? I doubt it. Are we going to see the Antichrist? No. The reason I'm bringing this to our attention is for all of us to understand something. It's at the door. It's knocking. Christ can come any time. Any time. Are we ready? God is not going to allow AI to do this. As you see, what is that? What was the movie? I've seen some of them too. Terminator. The Terminator. All these... All these machines are going to rebel. And didn't uh, Will Smith did one too, iRobot, right? It's always this AI and they're coming to get us. It ain't going to happen. God ain't going to allow it. And because remember the architect of all this, always remember this. It's Satan. It's not these elites. They're his puppets. Satan wants to be worshipped and we'll talk about that next week. So understanding these things should again get us to just as Jesus said in Luke, and I'll read it. Chapter 21, verse 28. And what did I do? I missed it. How did I take that away from there? Like I was saying, when you begin to see these things happen, now when these things begin to happen, excuse me, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. The king is coming. One of my grandmother's favorite songs when she was old 
is soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon. And he shall reign forever and ever and ever. And guess who reigns with him? That should humble us all. But that should also stir us up in our hearts to saying, what are we living for? What is the main priority? Now understand something. We all got to work. I'm not asking you to quit your job. Come follow me. No, we'll be eating bugs then. Don't do that. Occupy till he comes is what he says. Do business. Do your work. But be a watchman. Be a watchwoman. And submit yourself to me that I may work through you, just like we've been talking about. That I may bear fruit through you. That I may send you out as witnesses. That you be a light in this dark world. So how are we spending our free time? We all have to ask these questions. How am I fr- feel, um, spending my free time? Is it drawing me closer to God or is it pushing me away? Is it making it clear that my love for God Override everything else because again, what we learn, we were learning this. God loves you. That's where it begins. And from that, we love God. So remember, how are we spending our time? We should all be crying out for God's Spirit to fill us, overflowing to use us in any way He sees fit, not me, and to use us for His purpose, for His glory. My life is yours. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, Paul says. Christ lives in me. Life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what we should be living for. Not a bigger house. Not a newer car. Not a better husband. Don't kick him aside yet. Not, Not just... Be obsessed with our yards, obsessed with our sports teams, obsessed with vacations, obsessed with you name it. What's the idol in our lives? And again, we're all in this together because we've lived in this culture long enough that we're all contaminated, one way or another. But how can we live our lives for Christ? That's a question we should all be asking God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. I know it's it's scary for some, but we just thank you because, Lord, we know you got it under control. You're God. You're God, and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We just pray, Lord, this morning that the upper room would be a place, Lord, that would catch fire, that you would stir us up to a people that would follow hard after you. A people that would put you first. A people that would be filled with your spirit. A people that their priorities would be straight. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would work all these truths in our lives. Let us not be afraid. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And we want to be those people that look up and know our redemption draweth nigh. But we're also listening for further information and direction daily. So, Lord, my prayer is is that you would bless the upper room and that you would fill her with your spirit. But I also pray, Lord, for the other churches in this city and the other churches in this nation and the other churches, Lord, in this world, that we would all rise as the bride of Christ without spot or wrinkle.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 